0: Hi, I'm Sung Rae. I'm something else. Here Black Girl Soul, a podcast where we discuss the Asian dramas we love from a Black female perspective. We are looking to be entertained, to learn about other cultures, and share our passion for these shows. Welcome.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Black Girl Soul with something else and... Sung Rae. And today we have a special guest with us. And I am heavily leaning on the special because he would like to be called Prince of Egypt. Hey, it's an (laughs) illusion.
2: It's an illusion to the actual name.
1: Hey, you know what? You should own who you are. So we have Prince of Egypt joining us today. And we are going to talk about the Netflix series, Alice in Borderland. Um, But first, we have a word from Sunray.
0: All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the month of May. May has just begun. It's May 2nd, to be exact. Um, So starting yesterday, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month began. And that basically is a period for the duration of the month of May for recognizing the contributions and influence of Asian Americans and Pacific Islander Americans to the history, culture, and achievements of the United States. Um, For those of you who are kind of like me and like to learn more, like to know more, I am going to send you to AsianPacificHeritage.gov. Again, that's Pacific heritage.gov. I apologize. They have awesome resources and things there for you to learn more about the contributions, the people, and even the specific places that constitute the Pacific Islands, Macronesia, the Cook Islands, just different places where you can learn about the Asian American Pacific Island, American heritage. All right. All right.
1: Big ups. I want to respect. I'm going to go check it out. It's important for us to know more than just February and Black History Month, because ignorance puts power in other people's hands. And we, yes. we know less culturally, and therefore those people who know less culturally do not know how to engage and how to respect and don't understand the language of um, multiculturalism.
2: So... Hey, and, be- and before we start, I don't remember her name entirely, but I wanna give a big ups to the Asian American director who directed a short film titled, um, Groundhog Day for the Black Man. Speak And, right. And it was an incredibly innovative film. Um, I mean, combining what would happen if a black man kept waking up only to be shot by a police officer. And you find out that the director is an Asian American woman. And so here you have this sense of solidarity um, between these two cultures, two cultures that most people feel as if there's a rift between. But she recently got on her TikTok and started explaining how she came up with this concept for the film. And when she, I think someone at the publication or on the online publication, now this, saw it, asked if they could share it on their, you know, on their channel. And she said a year later, she saw the exact same concept, but it was called, um, you know, something like Two Completely Different Strangers. Two Distant Strangers or something like that. Right. Two Distant Strangers. And it was really well done. But she said that she felt particularly um, taken advantage of when she saw that the film had been co-produced with. Now this, mm-hmm. so now this essentially stole her idea. Right. Because when I when I when I saw this film, it was so interesting because here you saw like a perfect allegory. This black man just could not escape, even when he tried to find common ground. It had a really interesting ending, really uh, interesting concept, and you would have never known that one of the biggest advocates for black culture and <laughs> and black people was an Asian-American writer-director. So big ups to her. And uh, yeah, like many thanks to her for for her innovative Right, ideas. and if we
0: can- uh, Prince of Asia, could you repeat the name of the
2: show? So the name of the film was Two Distant Strangers. It's on Netflix and it's a short. Thank you.
1: And I'm looking mm-hmm. up-
2: Yeah, it's only about 31 And minutes, I'm huh?
1: looking for um, her name.
2: Cynthia Cow Okay, Cynthia thank Cal. you, thank you. First, first name spelled C-Y-N-T-H-I-A and last name spelled K-A-O.
1: That No, thank you for that, Prince of Egypt, because I learned about this yesterday. Actually, Prince of Egypt was the one who hit me to the short, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. you know. It's not the thing you necessarily want to see as far as, like, we're inundated with so much video and so many accounts of this sort of thing, but it is so apropos, so on point. And turning that lens, it was very well done. And I don't want to take anything away from the producers, but y'all did not do your due diligence. Now, this was ridiculous in the way that they um, stole that from her. Maybe somewhere in the fine print, when she gave them permission to post her, her short, I don't know if she gave away her rights, Mm. I hope she sues, but they should have known better because I think in some places it still shows her short and now this. Like, if you're gonna commit the crime, at least erase the evidence. Like, damn. (laughs) So anyway, thank you for that, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, and appreciate it. And now we're moving on Mm -hmm. to the Netflix Japanese drama Alice in Borderland, which is a science fiction suspense thriller drama based on the manga of the same name by Haro Asu um, or Asu, And it's basically three friends get trapped in an abandoned Tokyo where they're forced to participate in dangerous games that are based on a deck of playing cards. Every time they survive a game, it basically gives them a visa for something like two days or a certain length of time just to live. And then when that visa expires, if they don't go play another game, then red lasers shoot from, I don't know, this guy the at them and kill them instantly. So Prince of Egypt, tell me what your grade mm-hmm. was and what your takeaway was of this show.
2: Okay. I mean... First off, I'd probably give this an A and it's an A on the spectrum of, you know, A, A minus, A plus, things like that. Because you you can never really just give something an A plus, you know, I mean, that's the the perfect film. But as far as like my level of enjoyment of it and whether or not I would I would recommend that other people watch this. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was a series that surprised me and that I enjoyed it so much because it's not the type of thing that I would have just looked at and been like oh like yeah I'm automatically gonna like this but it had such an interesting like concept and anytime you kind of introduce you know something that goes along with themes of like Alice in Wonderland kind of getting lost in Wonderland there's a there's gonna be an interesting element to it so I would give it an A of uh, something that I think people are really gonna enjoy and um yeah, I can't wait to talk about it.
1: And I watched it also. I watched it with Prince of Egypt. Song Ray didn't watch it, but we're hoping that we can convince her as we discuss it. So Song Songray Song Ray watched
0: oh. up to four episodes. I told you I started it. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I watched up to four oh, okay. episodes, but I didn't finish it. And so I'll go ahead and speak to that because I do have some questions that I'm sure you two will be able to answer for oh, me. Oh, fabulous. So in my beginning and when I started, you know, The concept is a very cool concept. I like the concept. I like where they were going. I think for me, the blood and the gore were just over the top and I couldn't deal with that. So (laughs) that's what uh, caused me to put it down. So like overall, I like where they were going with the concept of being lost in a video game. It reminded me, honestly of the survivor or no hunt the hunger games okay except for you're talking mm-hmm. video game is still, as opposed to like people have put this stuff together as a video game but you're still doing the same kind of functioning as what i saw from the first uh four
2: but we're not really told that it's a video game
0: uh-huh. we'll get into it we'll get into we're it we're not really we'll, I'll, I'll remember okay. that so we can come back to it Right, right, because you're okay. you're just basing this off of my haven't watched the whole thing, so <laughs> right. Um, okay. But in that, I just you know I was kind of struggling with that concept, and I'm like, okay, why does every why are we killing everybody? Why does everybody have to die? And I think that's what paused mm-hmm. me because you know, a serious thing occurred like within the first three episodes. And I'm like, oh, hell, I, I don't know about this. And so I like went on and put mm-hmm. it down. But I do have questions for you guys because I would love to know how his story ended since where I left off, I was mm-hmm. just really jaded.
1: Okay, well, we'll before we, mm-hmm. let's finish up this part and then we'll do that spoiler alert and really dig into this show. So I'll say quickly that I okay. gave Ed a solid B it's not my typical genre. I mean, I I do like suspense thrillers, but I think I tend to like them as as movies and not as um, television shows. And it's not that I'm turned off by blood and gore per se, but I don't like it for the sake of gratuity. And I don't think they did that, but it it was definitely an element. I'm not someone who's into horror. And so I was concerned about there being an excessive mm-hmm. horror element. And I will say that it started to get better. Mm-hmm. So I I give it a solid B because it kept my attention, because it's a unique idea, because there were interesting characters who had depth and complexity. And because they didn't just give us the same thing over and over again with the show. It wasn't like every episode was like, okay, face another gauntlet. You know, it wasn't like that. So um I hope you all give this show a a shot. And if you haven't watched the show, then I'm going to put in that spoiler alert, spoiler alert, because we are about to really break this show down a bit, or at least talk about the aspects that we really enjoyed or had questions about. So if you would, Prince of Egypt, you, Mm -hmm. in the course of us watching it, express surprise because you were used to seeing the shows that I watch yes. <laughs> and, and how Correct. they're cutesy shows or their melodramas or that kind of thing. And so this was a pleasant surprise for you. Can you speak to how right. this was such a different idea as far as a Japanese or an right. Asian show for you?
2: Mm-hmm. And so I think you and I had a short discussion about it, but the thing that I found really appealing about this show was the element of realism to it versus some of the other like Asian television that I've seen because with some of the other Asian television that I've seen, whether it be K dramas or whatnot, you know, it definitely seems as if a, you know, a story is being told to you and your characters are very definable, things like that. Whereas here, it just seemed as if like, you know, the acting was a bit more gritty and more real um, and a bit more intense if you will. And I really felt as if it wasn't just so much like I felt like the acting was better. I just felt as if it was more real than some of the other Asian television that I had been watching.
0: And if I could interject, I'm going to speak to like, I've recently started watching a lot more Japanese dramas and Japanese content. And I believe Mm -hmm. like the stuff that I've seen of late. So Oh, I cannot think of the name of it right this second, but there's a show I just watched and finished. Um, and I also started the one about my husband won't fit. Oh, God. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: between those two, one of the things that I do note is that they are a little bit more gritty. They are a little bit more just realistic and right to the point as opposed to what I've noticed in Chinese or Korean dramas. Mm hmm
2: yeah because like i found myself a lot better able to relate to the characters like if a character you know felt sad or had a sympathetic story i really felt as if like i i empathized with the character like there was the one character who was kind of I don't want to say weak, like out of the three friends who were pulled Mm -hmm. into that world, um, one of them was kind of like the weaker of all of them. And somehow maybe he had gotten shot or something like that. And you really felt sympathetic for him because they had set up that dynamic where his two friends were a little bit stronger, um, you know, a little bit, you know, had a little bit more substance to them, but they were a bit stronger. And you felt sympathetic for him. And you were even able to see how. Uh, another female character was able to kind of, like, cozy up to him and kind of relate to him with regard to his own, like, insecurities. They set up such great backstories yeah. for the characters, especially the three main protagonists. And they really made you feel a connection to them.
1: Right. No, I'm, yeah, I mean, that's why I said in my initial rating of the show that they have very carefully they don't do it for each and every character of course but they make sure to give you a backstory and some complexity to the characters and I'm going to butcher their names but I'm always trying to give my respect so the character you described I call him in the back of my head a kind heart or shy guy but his name is Mm. Shota Segawa. okay he was the most normal of the three of them because
2: okay, he was the one like with a steady job, right? And things he, like that. You know, and
1: so he most fit the norm of society. Like he was a salary man, and he was trying to do things the right way. He's very religious, and then I'm gonna butcher it, Rohi Arasu. Arasu, that's what I okay. think of him as. But he's the brains of the trio. So he's the smartest one. He's mm-hmm. the one who supposedly has wasted potential. And then his other friend is Daikichi Karube. And he's mm-hmm. the one who's like mm-hmm. the daredevil. Like he works in this gangster bar and he's cozying up to his gangster bosses girlfriend and he you know he he's Mm -hmm. the daredevil he just doesn't give a damn he don't give a f you know and so they it's a nice balance of the three of them to have those types and you see how they lean on Mm -hmm. each other and how they support each other as the show continues it makes it all the more tragic as the show unfolds, right? Because you re- you really get a feel for the three guys.
2: Well, and you know what? For anyone who has seen the the movie The Hangover as well, I think that's the thing that the people people liked about the dynamic behind the four friends in that movie. Like, say for example, you had um did did you guys see that, or did you all see that that film as well? That movie yes. as well, The yes. Hangover. Okay, so you had the guy who's the dentist he was the most normal mm-hmm. of them all. Then you had, um, what's his name? Bradley uh, Cooper's
1: character, who's supposed to be like charming right, or whatever, right, or, like
2: in them streets. Right, right, and exactly. And he's more of like the bad boy character. Um, and then you have Doug, who is, you know, well, he's normal as well, but like um, he's kind of like, one of them is kind of like the, the brains of the operation. My point is, is that when you have three different types of, of people, Who, for whatever reason, they are spending time together. Even though, like, they're people that you may know, may you may know in real life may not hang out together it's interesting to see three friends who have three different backgrounds like that and they balance one another out anyway well no i mean I'm, i think, I think that. that
1: you know in reality we see a lot of people who are very different and yet you go how are they friends but then you realize one kind of feeds the other like the shy guy may not be the daredevil but he you know totally rides for him and supports him and so in, in the very beginning, right. which is like incredible foreshadowing, like, yes, they all ditch what they planned on doing. They're hanging out together. And you realize later on somewhere you didn't see this, but you realize later on how much the two guys support Arisu, whose family really is not for him. Mm. Arisu is like this brilliant guy, but everyone is partial to his brother and his father clowns him ridiculously and is in no way supportive. And so that's why he uses video games to kind of disengage with them or disengage from them
2: and they come and help them. no no you say i'm sorry
0: i was just gonna excuse me jump in to say a part of it too though is that he didn't fit the everyday mold he he was kind of against the grain in that he didn't get out of school go get the company job go do what is like quote-unquote the normal thing to do he was the one that you know he kind of just kind of lackadaisical hung around and yeah for his brilliance and all of that he was still kind of laid back about his movements at the beginning I'm I'm not sure how he developed later on in the story but in the beginning yeah he was just he put forward that that energy of well you're not really doing that with yourself so okay we're not going to focus on you we're going to focus over here because at least he got a job and he's doing something
2: and actually being pulled into borderland in a weird and like traumatic way was something that's, that was good for him. Okay. Because he really needed something that was gonna actually engage him.
1: Right. Because he life. became his true self. Because he was born otherwise. He, it's like he flourished in Borderland in a weird kind of way. Do you agree or don't agree,
2: something Prince of Egypt? Else.
0: I heard a door close.
2: Something else. Is something else and we'll be back <laughs> in just two and two. Oh, funny. Well, now that we're here, everyone, we just wanna go ahead and give a shout out to our soap makers. <laughs> we want to make sure that we we promote the brands that promote us. Oh, hello? Something else is returned. Okay,
1: so I forget where I lost you guys, but Um, I'll kind of try to jump back in. So it was interesting also because Aruso, Arisu, I'm saying his name wrong, Brainiac, Brainiac (laughs) Um, flourished when he became part of Um, the new Tokyo, that new world, if you will, um, in a way that he was never engaged in the real world. And so unfortunately, that's a benefit, but it's unfortunate that he had to lose so much to become the person he was supposed to be.
2: You know, another thing that I really liked about this series was the element of mystery to it all. Because every episode kind of revealed a little bit more about that world, but then it also made you ask, well, why is this happening? Who is behind this? Like I remember when the television show Lost first came out and became a thing. And it was a huge rage because it was the first time that a television show would beg more questions than it it answered. And so with this same thing, you're like, who are the people running this game? Where are those lasers coming from? Where are all these other people being drawn from? How is this entire world even exist? How did the three guys find themselves in that world when they were just trying to run away from like cops and they just ran into a bathroom? Like it asks so many questions and it really keeps you engaged.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it it does all of that, but it does it carefully Mm -hmm. because it unfolds carefully. It's confident enough in the story to take time initially for them to like go get snacks and sit together and go home and realize the world has completely changed. Like they don't rush all that stuff before right. they start introducing you to, oh, it's really different. It's not just that everybody's gone. It's that you're in a different world um, from where you come from, different right. world.
2: <laughs> right.
0: And I also liked as well, too, though, because initially when the when it first all occurred, I thought it was just the three of them. And I'm like, OK, this is a little too eerie. I'm mm-hmm. not sure where we're going with this. But as they started going to games, you realize there are more people. It's right, not right. Just them. It was almost a comfort
1: when they get to the first game and you see another person, you see a young woman. You're like, oh, OK, <laughs> you are not right. completely alone. And and then. It's like I was one of them, right? All of a sudden I'm one of them and I'm like so nervous about be careful what you do, be careful of every step of what you do, because it could mean something horrible. And so I suddenly was just really involved in it. And Song Rain knows this. I'll be like, okay, it looks like it's okay, but uh okay show, but drop drop this mic drop this show like I do it in a hurry mm-hmm. and in this case I was further encouraged because it was all of eight episodes like mm-hmm. you all kinds of a punk if you can't make it through eight ep- episodes <laughs> oh, no, no no
0: no 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 I re- sorry not not at all <laughs> again I didn't make you so right I great me. but they did I a little me. bit much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, no, because because you knew it wasn't your type of show. I'm not trying to dis song right, y'all. Right, right you Right. You knew it wasn't your type of show. <laughs> I was like watching it with bated breath, but I kept on going, oh, I don't know if I can watch this. It's like, no, stop being a punk ass. Finish the show. And maybe Prince of Egypt may have said it to me a time or two. I can't remember, but I was like, let me finish. I got to finish. So yeah. <laughs>
2: but, but what but were you otherwise- going to say,
1: Prince of Egypt?
2: Yeah, um, like, you're, you're right. They they rolled out the mystery like very like methodically and carefully. Um, but the, the thing about those games, and I'm not quite sure if we've actually like just made it clear to anyone who's listening, is that the games are deadly. Um, like with mm-hmm. what Song Ray said is cor- is 100% correct, is that it is like the Hunger Games and you can fully expect that someone is going to, to die in trying to accomplish these games because they're a mixture of the physical and the mental. Um, And in particular, I mean, two of the games specifically um, had an emotional effect on me, but one of them in particular was the main character and, and a friend of his, a lady friend of his, they are on a bus or they find refuge on a bus and they find that three other guys are there, already sitting on the bus because I guess that's where the game is supposed to take place and when they find out that they need to leave that bus and like go five or ten miles in the next like you know hour or so one of the three men that they met on the bus like his leg for whatever reason was broken or he just couldn't use it so the other two guys had to leave him and when you find out that they were heartbroken over having to leave their, their friend, their compatriot. You think to yourself, Oh man, like these, these guys must've been brothers. They must've been friends, just like the initial, you know, the initial trio. But when you find out that they had only known each other for a week and they had gone through so much over the course of that week that for them to have to leave one of the other guys was like leaving a brother. You see the way in which the, like this game, is so, is so intense for the participants.
0: So before we go any further, there's two things I need us mm-hmm. to clear up. One, can you explain the premise of how this game works? Because you said with cards, but like, can you break down how that okay. all works?
2: And I have to drop on my memory because I haven't like watched a lot of the show in several weeks now. But essentially, first off, you, you know that you have to participate in a game. And when you show up at one of the game sites there and please something else remind me, but there are um, there are cell phones there. And once you like access the cell phone, the cell phone, I think, gives you the instructions for the game. But then I think a card from a deck of cards is presented there. Whatever the the kind of card it is, kind of gives you a clue as to what type of game it is. Is it a mental game? Is it a physical game? Is it a game where you're going to have to sacrifice like a friend? Um, Is it a psychological game? Things like that. And then once you head into it.
0: And the number tells you your level of
2: difficulty. Yes. So, yeah, those are the games people are going into. Like, say, for instance, the one with the bus. But then there was, you know, another one where what happened. I think they were um, like everyone was in a building and like one person had committed a murder and everyone had to figure out who the murderer was and kill that one person out of hundreds. And so, you know, some people were like, Hey, let's, let's go through this methodically and figure out who the murderer is. And some people are like, well, let's just kill everybody else. Who's not like one of us. Like there are these psychological and, and deadly games.
1: Right. And, and the thing is, it becomes even more, you realize how diabolical the the game masters are because they, like, for example, it de- it depends. I forget what, like, um, like the suits determine the type of game. So, so I don't remember what all the suits yeah. meant, but like, if it was a heart, it meant that it was going to be an emotional game, which meant that you more than likely we're going to lose a friend. It was like the only the hearts, the heart um, cards were so rare to collect. As time went on, you realized that there were people who were collecting these cards because they thought that if they collected all the cards, they would be a- allowed to leave the game. Or so it, it, it's uh, so- it, it <sighs>
2: actually become a cult.
1: Yes,
0: exactly. Well, so before we go, go there, because I'm a slow you down some grace i mean uh something i'm sorry um can we backtrack one quick second because you all have jumped past where i've seen it so the other last question i had because i thought i got a little bit confused by what mm-hmm. prince of Idra said so and again we've entered total spoilers so if you haven't watched mm-hmm. our apologies watch the show but in one of the episodes they had gotten hearts it was a game of hearts and it was him his three for his two friends and that chick who had befriended the one who was like the weaker one and in that game everybody died except him so did his friends come back no they were gone and you see what happens when he
1: loses for all intents and purposes his family you see that he he, yeah he loses his damn mind and then he becomes hyper focused on not getting free but in finding out who did this Right. Because before that, it was like, we're just trying to live. We're in it together. You know, they were kind, you could see how they, you got more of their personalities and, and you saw that the girl was hitching her wagon onto them and then trying to divide them because she was trying to survive
0: her damn Mm -hmm. self. You know, she didn't care what she had to do. Right but they even had a foreshadowing as well because that man under the, after the first game cuz again I think I saw this more recently than you all but the guy from the very first game mm. that they played at the very end as they're coming out and you know they're they're kind of feeling victorious cuz they made it even mm. though they lost the one chick he said to them I'm tired of this. No matter what you do, you can never win. And he let the the laser in the sky shoot him and kill him. And I was like, whoa. So that was like me wondering as time goes on, are they ever able to get out of this? Or is this like, how does this end with the world? Well, see, that's
1: the thing, because as you get to the end of the first season, you find out like, You get a little clue. You get a little bit more of how this whole setup is happening because initially they were just like, okay, this stuff is happening to us. And then speaking of foreshadowing, let me say this quickly. When the three guys in the first episode, maybe the first like 30 minutes in the daredevil friend tells the brainiac friend, like, you know, if one of us is going to make it, it's always going to be you. If if we have to sacrifice, and they
0: were talking about a zombie apop- apocalypse, right. and they were like, "You'd be the one to right. survive." I and so when that.
1: we get to that to that episode where his friends die, it's like it it really did happen. Like they the two friends mm-hmm. sacrificed themselves so that right. he could live. Like that's right. what come, what it comes down to. The girl even was just like, "Okay, I give up because I've been ratchet." Is all get no, out. no no no
2: no because because the girl. Remember his friend who was the most normal one.
0: Yeah, held mm-hmm. her down.
2: He held her down because but she stopped she was fighting
0: like- at some point. But in right. the last in the last couple of seconds before time was up, right. she stopped fighting. She turned around and she came right. right. him and just because cried out. because I think that they you know you know th-
1: that's why it's just it was brilliant. They told us from the beginning. I just wasn't ready to handle it because when his friends died, I was just like. I'm done with this show. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do now. Yeah, right. right. I was like, I can't, I can't (laughs) take it. And
0: then I was like, I have to know. And then I even tried to watch the beginning (laughs) of the next episode, but I'm like, this is still right. And the the thing
2: thing that they really did successfully was that, like we were talking about before, they built good backstories for these guys and really made you care. And even with the girl who died, because she had slept with her boss in order to get a promotion. And that was her motivation to surviving mm-hmm. because she, she was about to, about to move to the yes. next level in her career.
1: Right. And, and let me just say this, I mean, not trying to be deep about it, but like friendship and the breakup of friendships is throughout the whole show. That is a running theme okay. through the show mm. because we see it in a big way with the main character, but what happens is he... Once, like he is good for dead, he was just done. Like it was raining down, he was laying on the ground, he was like, Let me die. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, the character the old girl passed right? him a couple times, but she came back and was like, Okay, let me right. Let me and so
1: she was it. a mountain climber, so you know she's uniquely capable in, in a weird way. Now they're the two of them are balanced because her name is you Zaha Usagi, Yusagi. So, like Yusagi is this mountain climber. She, her father, you know, she had to get over the death of her father, which was incredibly hard. And so she's empathetic to, to Arasu. And, and at first she's just like deuces dude because I got to make it through myself, but then she starts to help him. And he, it's like, she's the brawn and he's the brains. And so them together, it's like very quickly, they kind of form a bond and start working together and that's when he starts to hear about this place called the beach mm. and the beach is, is a
2: card cult
1: is a card cult.
0: Ah, uh, cause remember, no, 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 no. The friend heard about the beach first because he heard oh, on yeah. that walkie talkie. And then that walkie talkie, somebody said, um, I found the key to this, come to the beach. And he kept saying, I'm going, if y'all don't go, I'm going to the beach because I want to figure this thing out. No, no, no. Thank
1: you for the reminder. And so Mm -hmm. eventually they get to the beach and they're expecting, I I was expecting something different, right? Something high-minded, something, you know, very like serious because of what they're they've been living with and and trying to survive and they get there and it, it basically someone took over a resort and turned and you have all these young people who are just partying they're just it's just wall-to-wall partying and sex and drugs and rock and roll and it's so jarring from everything they had to get through and so it's time it starts to unfold right so that's the great thing about this show also you think it's about one thing then it unfolds into another and then it unfolds into another and so they have to then acclimate themselves to this whole hierarchy social hierarchy and and these rules that they didn't know about and wearing these these bracelets and and giving up cards and Unfortunately for Arasu, he's really smart. And so the head of the beach is like, and, and they call him the Mad Hatter. So the, the whole Alice in Wonderland, oh, wow. you know, motif or whatever is, is still threaded through. And so he's called the Mad Hatter. And he basically runs things on the beach along with this other guy. The muscle. Guy. Hmm? The muscle. The muscle, right. And I'm trying to find his name. But so the two of them kind of run the beach and they seem to be unwilling partners. Like they're just waiting for the muscle to want to take down the Mad Hatter and all this stuff. And so in the middle of all of this, Arasu and um, Usagi have to like stay on point. Because right. they're they're starting to notice all these weird things about the beach and how the beach is doing things and, and the various members of the beach and how like the, the beach has like their own kind of cabinet members who run things and are like super on point and, and brilliant and stuff. And it's crazy.
2: And, and what you find out is that the the mad hatter or the hatter has postulated this idea that the way to escape from like this netherworld is that every time, because like, as you know, every time you win a game, you get to keep the card that goes along with it. And so the Mad Hatter has told everyone, hey, listen, if we're able to collect all of the cards, you know, in a deck, then at least one of us will get to leave. And so that's everyone's p- purpose. As like people win, you know, win their games, they bring back their cards and they're trying to put together like a full deck.
1: Right. And wow. ha- are we going to later on explore maybe the, you know, allegory of, <laughs> of a whole bunch of people in a cult trying to put together one full deck. Maybe I, I, it's <laughs> yeah. deeper than I I have the brain cells for, but mm. you can see that they have gotten most of the deck, but those heart cards are hard to even get because those people are not emotionally tied to each other except here you have um brainiac he's gotten a heart card because he lost his friends you know like you in order for you to get those cards you really are making that sacrifice and then the game changes again so it's not even just like okay now you've figured out that it's a dangerous place this beach this resort that looks pretty on the outside and all these pretty people, but it's treacherous. But then you turn around and somebody gets killed. This girl gets killed towards the end of the season. And then all of them are focused on oh, no, first, well, first, 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 before she gets killed. You correct me, Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Didn't the Mad Hatter get killed first? Oh,
2: okay. So the way the things played out is that. What you find out about the Mad Hatter and his muscle, um, or the guy who is his muscle, is that they were two people who had come from the other world, like the normal world together. And they had actually been best friends as well. And the only reason that, and they were still best friends in Borderland, um, but they pretended it as if they were just unwilling allies. And the only reason is is because the guy who was the muscle, he was actually trying to stop one of his henchmen who was really crazy from just going off the rails. So imagine this, like, you know, you have the guy who's the charismatic leader and then you have the guy who's the head of the military. But the only reason that the guy who's the head of the military is the head of the military is because he's trying to stop one of the really crazy generals from taking over everything because oh. he was really trying to make sure that like the, the Hatter, the Mad Hatter could stay in control. Otherwise this guy who was beneath him would have totally killed the Mad Hatter. Um, yeah.
0: And so let me ask this question. Cause again, you know, you all are, Sharing with me as an mm-hmm. unwatched person, um, so with the Mad Hatter and the mm-hmm. Muscle, the Muscle in here, you said backstory, their best friends. But I guess what I'm trying to understand is, is he willing to sacrifice himself for the Mad Hatter? Because this is this game, and the way everything seems to be flowing leads us to believe only one somebody is ever going to be successful.
1: Your question is so apropos because that eventually comes up. But the thing was, the Mad Hatter created this game just to keep them busy. So he was no, the no, one no, who no. created No, this. no, no. He,
2: he didn't create, like, everyone coming there. No. The Mad Hatter created the whole ah. concept of collecting the cards. To and keep the them idea that was, Right.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. They show you a scene of the two men looking over this new world they're in. And then walking through that the resort for the first time. And basically he's like, you know what? I want a safe place for people to be in. You know, he has like these high-minded ideals at the time. Like the Mad Hatter originally, much like maybe you, you know, some version of Alice in Wonderland, he was once sane, (laughs) he once was, Mm. you know, this good guy. You still think he's a good guy in comparison to, I think his name is Aguni Morisono, is the is the muscle, right? So mm. everyone is kind of sympathetic to the mad hatter because he's charismatic and he's all chill and and he's even willing to go out and keep on fighting and playing in the games because he's he has street cred. And then towards the end, you realize that. The reason the Mad Hatter died was truly because the muscle killed him. His best friend did kill him. Oh. I mean, the reason he killed him was because he went to the Mad Hatter. He's like, let's stop this. It's getting worse. It's not better. Let's because stop. people really die. Right. And the Mad Hatter is like now out of his mind. He's truly mad and he's drunk off the power that he has there. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, you're betraying me. That's not how this works.
2: And I think because you had seen that the Mad Hatter had actually violently killed someone and the muscle's like, Whoa. (laughs) Right.
1: He had seen him. Yes. In fact, he had seen him kill one of his, the cult members in a room. And so then the muscle never would have killed the Mad Hatter, but then the Mad Hatter tried to kill him. Right. And so he acted on mm. reflex and then you find out belatedly that the mad hatter pulled a gun but the gun had no bullets. Right. So it left the, oh, wow. the the muscle like devastated. Like over and over again you're seeing two friends who walked into this thing together. This is the second of three groups of friends who get torn apart and so then he kind of loses his mind
2: and one of the games happens that says you have to you have to kill the person who killed like this girl who was murdered like what the muscle does is he just starts killing everyone
1: right so what happened was this girl was found in the lobby of the um resort dead and all of a sudden it sparks off a new game, all the doors and windows and stuff. Like the whole compound is closed down by the game masters, because I think that there was an uneasy piece that existed on the quote unquote, the beach, the beach resort. But when the Mad Hatter is killed, all bets are off. So this girl gets killed and everybody in there gets a phone and they're like, if you don't find who killed her, they call her the witch. If you don't find who killed her, then everyone is going to die, right? And so then the muscle, he don't care because he's killed his friend, he's tired of this world. He's like, I'm just gonna start killing people. So in the most barbaric, inhumane thing, you see through the whole show, they're just killing people through hallways because him and his gang have all the weapons. So they just go get all the weapons and they just turn into animals, into monsters. And they're just killing people in hallways and stuff like that. And meanwhile, there's some other stuff that goes down because it's treacherous up in there and Arasu they tie him up and put him in his room and they plan on killing him. So Usagi is like spending half the time trying to avoid being shot while trying to find this dude before the whole place burns down. Like it just, it turns into, it is a good ending. It went from simmer, 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 boil, 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 burn, burn, burn. Like it just, it just kept on growing. the
2: thing that becomes really interesting is that um, all throughout this at the beach, you're kind of introduced to these different characters and there's this one character who seems almost, um, you know, unuspicious. And you start to think to yourself, and they never really say if it's for sure, but you start to think to yourself that this, this very cool, calm and collected person who's supposedly part of this game, you start to think to yourself, this could be the game master. Because when you see this, this one character wow. in the different games, It's like, he knows exactly where to hide. Um, He's very calm and collected about everything that's going on, even though he's participating in the games himself and he's there at the beach. Um, Almost as if like, he wants to keep everything going and he's psychologically manipulating people from the inside.
1: When Mm. this show ends, you still have questions. So I'm looking forward to season two.
0: Right. Yeah, because I noticed that there's a season two, so like, okay, in our ending, Arasu has still not made it back nope. to his normal world? Right.
1: Nope. It's okay. like...
0: Cause that was my right. other he major question. He doesn't make
1: it back to his normal world. Like Some people get out of the the inferno and the craziness. I mean, and there are all these little side stories and side hustles going on. Like you're invested. If one thing isn't keeping your attention, something else is. But I wanted to also say that the third friendship that gets torn apart is the the dead girl had a friend and both of them were brought into the game as quote unquote dealers. They were supposed oh, to- Oh,
2: wait a second. You need to ex- explain to Ray and all the listeners. <laughs> so the dead girl that uh, something else is referring to is the dead girl that was in the hotel and everyone had to figure out who killed her.
1: Right. So, so that uh, girl, okay. like what happens is when Arasu and Yusagi first get to the hotel, they see at different times, these two girls who are very close to each other, like their best friends and they, it's like they have each other's backs or whatever. And so they're just, more people there. But as time goes on, when, when one of them dies, everyone at first looks to the friend and says, Hey, did you do this? Because you're always together. Because they're always together. And because it's a heart game, I believe. And they're like, Mm -hmm. it's her because they're the closest to each other. And then you eventually get their backstory because then you get her phone and you realize that they were brought to the, to that world knowingly. Like they it wasn't like the guys who just showed up. They were brought by somebody else to that world to like be dealers in the game. And to orchestrate the games. Yes. To set them up and all that stuff. And that's how they stayed alive. And so one of them was kind of turning a bit. She wasn't as impartial as she was before she was kind of siding with muscle and their gang or whatever. And I don't know exactly, I can't remember exactly what made her worth killing. Um, (laughs) But that's the third friendship because you come to find out, I don't even want to give it all away. Like for people who watched it, they know for the people who don't ha ha boo on you, but you come to find out some stuff about, how it went down. That's what eventually shows Urasu and Usagi and a couple of other folks the lair of the Game Master. Like they see behind the veil towards the end. On the, In the final episode, they use her phone to find out their story and also to get another piece of the puzzle to to understand what's really going on and then there's a surprise ending because you meet one of the gay masters you realize oh someone Ah, who was
0: in the room among them was pushing all the buttons Mm. and so how then did they orchestrate all of the people disappearing all of that to make it seem this way like what did did they give us any of that kind of
2: no they never really scenes? explained like how they were capturing people or the technology that they were using now that all of that hasn't been revealed yet
0: because there's a scene in the very first episode well right before everybody goes they run into that bathroom and somebody knocks on the door And I found that to be odd because it was never addressed again. Somebody knocked on the door, then they come out and they realize, oh, crap, there's literally nobody in here. Like, where did everybody go? Everybody disappeared. And so, you know, that's how it all began. But I wanted to, I wondered who knocked on that door. I
2: couldn't say, I I don't know that. But what I do kind of wonder is if these people, and these are just my hypothesis now, um, if these people are dead, right? because with the... With the three friends, they initially were like the last scene that you saw of them alive, they were messing around in the middle of that intersection. Like, I'm wondering if, you know, either one or all of them died and they found themselves in this type of like scenario. I'm not quite sure.
0: Okay which because there was a car crash a car crash did occur and it was caused because they were trying to run through the traffic to get out of the middle of the street because they were the only ones there after they finished playing around right
1: I agree with uh, Prince of Egypt I wondered if they were dead I wondered if this was hell because the sheer amount of like getting rid of everyone but these players Uh uh and then also, I wonder about it because And those
0: lasers right. coming from the sky, because that's the other thing that's odd. But to also me
1: to, the show is skewed towards younger actors. The yeah. oldest actor, other than the the older guy who dies after they play the first game, the Mad Hatter and the muscle are both in their thirties at most. They're not in their forties. So, or maybe they're in their late thirties or something like that. They're the oldest ones there for the most part. Mm. So everyone else was young and nubile and, you know so I just wondered about that. I was just like, why is it, is it skewed that way? Because it's skewed towards that audience or is it skewed that way because it means something?
0: That could be the case for later on, but now I'm gonna speak to that game they played in the apartments where they had the horses, mm. horse head things, the, well, they were people, the horse head people who were like uh they were basically captured to be the killers, but those two um in that, that one you oh, had yeah, an older true. man that was there and you oh, had an older true. lady. That's true. Mm. I mean they were killed. Right, but no, still. but
1: they, they were induced to play those roles in order to live. So Right. Here's the thing too, even though it was gory, the games were interesting. Right. Like you couldn't
0: say they weren't inventive. <laughs>
2: right.
0: They were from what I saw, but I'm going to, I'm going to share something because I think one of the things I do want to make sure listeners do understand is that even if everyone has a genre and a type, and so I don't want anyone to feel like, Oh, if I don't watch this, I'm <laughs> such no. a person. No. So this guy, he's, a, uh, um, he's on, my drama list. His name is Jace. And so he gave a review and he gave it a 10 out of 10. He agreed with Prince of Egypt. It was a 10 out of 10, but his spoiler begins with, should you watch this drama? This drama is not for everyone. It contains blood, gore, death, sex, and psychotic survival games with the intent of psychologically traumatizing every player and causing death. Do not watch this if you cannot stomach any of that. And so just FY, if you don't watch it, don't, don't <laughs> listen to something. <laughs> so You're not a, You're a punk. Um, You're not a don't punk. Worry about You're it. not a if punk. You could make it. You could make it. <laughs> it's, it's not for I'm
1: serious. It's not for everyone. Like every show is not for everyone just as Prince of Egypt realized he was like you know what I'm not really for the candy-coated dramas uh you watch something else but then he found something that was more in his lane and I don't honestly I think that there are other Japanese and Korean shows that you would like Prince of Egypt but um It takes time to find those. You have to be willing to. And I know that you have a full diet of other shows that you enjoy watching. So it isn't something that you're like, oh, let me go watch a foreign show too. You know, you don't, you're not necessarily, but you're open to it. Right. And
2: and especially part of the thing that like drew me to to this one is because, well, you know, I enjoy science fiction and maybe that's one of the other things as well. I haven't seen a lot of uh, like science fiction like Asian television except for a little bit of Sisyphus and the only reason I haven't gotten into Sisyphus is because I don't want to get sucked into like another (laughs) like television show but yeah
0: and so one of the things we note is that they they have them but you gotta you I guess you gotta be open to the presentation because there's a lot of time traveling there's a lot of um dealing with different world parallel worlds um we watched a movie recently called what was the movie with Son Jun-ki? oh mm, yeah space sweepers that's space something else keeps, i like he was trying to get so, me to, you know, there, to,
2: to watch that one and that one looks good it kind of messes with me the way in which it kind of bounces between languages a bit but like and not just like not just like one uh, like, yeah, yeah. but between like four different languages
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: well, see, that's like, why I gave it mm-hmm. points because I was like, yeah. oh, good for y'all. You know, like I, I was loving it. It's all subtitles to me. So, like. <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> but, but no, I think, I think the, the more realistic shows, like even not like your type of show is law and order per se, but the more realistic shows are out there. You just happen to mm-hmm. be related to somebody <laughs> who likes the, the candy coated shows too. Mm. But, um, but they definitely South Korean, def- definitely Japanese um, shows do exist that kind of are more um, gritty, more realistic. Especially, it's it's weird. It's like they both have them, but the Japanese do it somewhat differently than. And, yeah, and, they do, and both of them can be very deep in. Like you can see with this show, right? I, they can be very um, introspective and very thoughtful. Um, I would even hazard to say that the Japanese shows are a smidge more thoughtful than the South Korean shows if you were gonna compare them. Um, the I don't even think I don't even put the Chinese and the Taiwanese or anything else on, on the map with that. But um they take cutie to another level. You'd be walking away with cavities if you watch mm-hmm. one of those shows or those genres. But but the Japanese in particular, it's like even their speech, it's it's definitely I'm not surprised that you found that realism
0: with a Japanese show
2: first. Okay.
0: And I'm, I know we're going to do another episode soon where we'll talk about what we've been watching, but like, I'm going to help you. There's one called midnight diner. Very, mm-hmm. I, I dropped that too. But that one got boring <laughs> after a while. It, it, it's, it's real slice
1: of life. Like yeah. you're really getting like it is. It Japanese is. culture, <laughs> like, like real people walking yes. in, sitting down, having conversations, eating food. Like mm. it's, you can't, it's two seconds from like a reality show.
0: Cheers. Yeah, you're right about that. I was about to say, because no, cheers is too cheery. It's not that cheery, no. Because people are dying, stuff is happening. Somebody had cancer, like they they had some stuff going on. Um, But the other one that I had shared earlier, the name of that drama, because it took me a second to find mm. it, was Followers. And Followers is about social media, you know, but it's present day. I think it came out. Let me look. Followers came out in 2020. So yeah, it's about social media and how we get caught up in the... the Hype of having followers and having people follow us, and what that can do to us when we misuse that platform. And if you're a content creator, if you're someone who's an influencer, you know, you realize if you say one thing incorrectly, or if you, you know, speak your mind this way and you didn't clearly explain it all out, how you can get attacked until one of the girls she gains notoriety, has all these followers because someone famous followed her and then turned around, she said something and it was like downhill and so the slump she went through and how she had to pick herself back up just to be able to function but the show was really very gritty and very raw it didn't give us that cutesy cutesy, you feel good by the end, at the end you just like damn I mm. we went through a lot <laughs> like yeah. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, and I, I'd be open to it. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> well,
1: you know what? It's, it, you know, I, I think that's the most that anyone can expect um, to be open to shows. And and yes, drop them if they're not for you. If they
0: will mess with your spirit, drop right. them. <laughs> but And now, you know, that's hard for me because that's something that I struggled with in the beginning. Once I started something, At first, when we were doing our drama watching and when I would watch a drama, I would press through and I've got to finish it. I need to know how this like I press through, but I'm like horrified Mm -hmm. or I'm struggling or it's bothering me but i'm pressing through because i want to get to the end nowadays oh hell no if i'm not feeling uh, she gives
1: it three episodes i give it one i'm like i mean and and so this one uniquely i agree with prince of egypt i think it uniquely stood out to me because of the sci-fi element too and the questions and the mystery of it Mm -hmm. so that's why i pushed through and and because it was eight episodes if if it had been 16 i would have been deucing that so quickly i would have been like i can't i can't hang
2: but you know what the the other thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt um, something else, but the other thing that I I found appealing about the show is that while you do have characters who die or who perish, people that you find yourself caring about, like I I think that over the past like ten or eleven years, especially like with television shows like Game of Thrones, where characters that you you know come to care about die rather quickly and suddenly and unexpectedly, like there, there's another element of realism, not necessarily realism in the sense that I feel like I'm watching real life, but it's like, there are like actual consequences to people's actions in the show. Because, you know, most television, you think to yourself, when the main character the protagonist or the heroine is in a dire strait, you kind of know in the back of your mind in just a second or two, something is going to save them. Whereas in this show, that's not necessarily the case. And I think that makes the show a bit more appealing as well.
1: Right. Because I don't know if in that second season that Arasu and Yusaki are really going to make it towards the end. Just because the way they kind of slide in other characters, I would like to believe so. (laughs) But um, you never know. Like, Usagi might might get killed. She maybe got got. She may get got. We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: just don't know. Because she was not initially a start with us. Like, she showed up, I think, episode right. something like that. Yeah, she wasn't initially in the first couple of episodes. So I could kind of see if they did do that. But, I mean, again, like, that was the one thing that kind of threw me off. Like usually who you start with you you ride it out for a minute i i was i promise you y'all that threw me off like oh hell no they didn't kill yeah. man. i thought he was cute too the little gangster one yes i no, was I, upset she, i
2: think she was in the first couple of episodes because she was in the episode where they were playing hide and go seek or or get away remember because i think she was like oh, that right was that was episode three. Three. Okay, three my bad
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm Episode two was their very first game and they hadn't met her and we knew nothing about her. I think we may have seen her in passing or something like they, but they never gave us anything about her to episode three. Episode three is where matter of fact, she started off in the end of episode two. Now that I just realized end of episode two, you see her looking over the city or looking, Oh, Mm -hmm. I guess she's on a mountain or something. Then they start breaking into, you know, kind of, you see her as a, you're working alone, I'm working alone, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but that was episode three.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, I think think that that element of just messing with our minds, like, it's like the thing you hate about the show, but you love it because to take you back to the one where they were on the bus, Mm -hmm. it hurt my feelings. They leave the friend on the bus. They all are doing a steady jog and run into some monsters, all kinds of craziness. And then they get to the end and they realize the bus was where they were supposed to stay. Oh, wow. they didn't read the thing that was, they didn't use their, their basic reading comprehension skills. They didn't read the bus because they the were bus supposed said, to stay there. Cause
2: the bus said something like home base or home or something like that.
1: But they were so busy, like doing their own thing. And then they have to run back through all that BS. It was crazy. And then at the very end, the the like the folks who lived when um, Arasu and Yusagi were like, "Hey, you okay?" And the person then doesn't want to get close. It's like you see how shell shocked the person is. Like right. now they don't want to be
0: attached to people they don't want to form a connection right because I mean at the end of the day that's what for me I'm kind of shocked that he even was able to do that because after the loss of his two best friends and how he kind of had that mental breakdown I honestly didn't see I saw her pick him up but I didn't see him like again I stopped I didn't see him deciding to yeah, let me work with you. Like I saw her, you know, decide. Hey, he's in the street. I asked him, he said he wanna die. Fine, fuck him. She kept walking, but then she turned back and you know, like I said, she saw him a couple more times and was like, fine, let me just go and get him. Cause I just can't leave him here. I guess something in her heart wouldn't allow her. But him connecting again with another person was interesting because I I personally probably would have been very oh, I'm solo. I can't do this with nobody mm. else. I'm solo. Yeah. But yeah, I think we've exhausted
1: this. It's just like, there's so many other little things about the show, but really you only get it if you watch it, you know, just the dynamics between characters, how sly people are, the backstabbing, like there's just so many other bits and pieces. And so I look forward to, I almost want to watch, I'm, I'm re- not watch, I almost want to read the manga, but I don't. I don't want to go that far, uh-huh. like... <laughs>
0: I don't want (laughs) to go that far. Um, So if any of you guys have watched this, please comment, share, give us your thoughts, your opinions about the show. If you started it like I, Song Ray, didn't finish, tell us about it. Talk to us. You can meet us. I mean, you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you like email, we.
2: Right. Because I definitely want (laughs) to take part in, in more discussions about this show as well.
1: No, look, he's like, this is his favorite show now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to thank Prince of Egypt (laughs) for joining us again and being such an active and involved um, guest because we love that. We love getting extra opinions and different vantage points of the shows that we watch. So thank you so much. Absolutely, it was my Um, pleasure. And so this is something else and... Song Ray.
2: Ciao. Bye. So pretentious. (laughs) Who is that guy? Who does he he
0: think he is? (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Thank you so much for listening to Black Girl Soul. We enjoyed having you. And please subscribe, like, and follow our Facebook page, YouTube channel, Twitter page, Instagram page,